We're delighted that this podcast is sponsored by Drench. We love their curated catalogue of high-quality bathroom products at affordable prices, which can transform your space into something beautiful. No matter how small the details may seem, Drench won't miss them. Use the code HOMENOTES10 for 10% off your first order. It just gives you that confidence when you work with people that you can trust and you know that they're not going to let you down. Welcome to Stories from Sites, the renovation podcast that digs a little deeper. I'm Amy Donalek, and together with my co-host, Jane Middlehurst, we peek behind the curtains of those Insta-worthy interiors to bring you the real processes people went through to make their dream homes a reality. After 10 years as architects renovating homes, Jane and I set up Home Notes to teach people how to take on their own renovation journeys. We've met so many inspiring people on the way, and now we want to share their incredible stories. In this week's episode, we talked to Elisa and Steve, who found a rundown house that needed a complete back-to-brick renovation. We chat about how they successfully pieced together a range of professionals to offer advice where needed, and benefited from a great match with their contractor, who was there to guide them through the process. But maybe it's also their great positive attitude that is perhaps the key to a very happy renovation story. Let's find out. I, I actually remember, Steve, you telling me that after seeing the house for the first time, you vowed never to go back there again. <laughs> what changed? <laughs> what changed? So it basically taught me into it, really. I mean, it was pretty awful when we went there. The only sort of original feature left was sort of the pine panelled attic. You know, the parquet was tiled over. It was the plastic windows and panelling. There was loads of it was damp sort of feeling downstairs as well, which we later discovered was a sink leaking underneath or green mould. Oh, no. And part of the reason why we actually went for this house is we viewed number 10 around the corner, which was also up for sale, uh, came onto the market. A sort of later version of the, of the house that we eventually bought. This had lots of original features and it was really beautifully designed and looked after and presented. But it just sort of what it brought home was the sort of extra cost of, you know, we had all those original features. How will we actually do renovation and work around those and kind of bring it up to the modern standards we wanted to really? Because I just wanted to live in a house that was up to sort of modern living standards. I've all grown up in imperial properties, you know, and always been a little bit cold, always been a little bit damp. Yeah. And I just didn't want that really. I, you know, I'm getting old. I've got old bones now. I don't want my kids to grow up in that. Do we go for the dreadful house where we have to rip out and start again? Or do we pay slightly more for something that's got all those lovely original features and have to work around them? And we figured that it would probably be even more expensive to do a renovation job on a property like that and to get it to the standards that we wanted to get it to while retaining those features. That's kind of what, that's how we came around to actually go for the house in the end. So when did you start working with your builder? We had about for viewings with our builder here at the house, he was recommended by a friend of Steve's. Literally every time he would tell us, yeah, there's nothing to keep. Yeah, he just sort of turned up and pushed his finger through the wall. He just said, everything's got to go. Everything's got to be replaced. The thing about Rafael is he wasn't phased by anything. That's the thing. He just turned up and he just had this amazing confidence that we knew that we were going to work with him, to be honest, if he'd have us. So, you know, you just kind of get that feeling, don't you? He wasn't phased by anything. And did you meet with any other builders as well? Yeah, we saw another three, I think. And I mean, the the feeling that we got from Rafael is that, you know, this guy won't let us down. And we have been extremely lucky with it, with all the people that we were with, apart from the window company, which was quite unfortunate. But I have to say, we were very 
lucky. And it just gives you that confidence when you work with people that you can trust and you know that they're not going to let you down. And what was your team? I know you have some professional advice from a great interior designer called Bo Fenton, um, who's a friend of yours. Who else did you work with? Um, Local architects, which was very helpful. They gave us some ideas about the layout downstairs, which we didn't follow actually, but they were very useful because when people present you with something, you realize that it doesn't suit you. But then again, it makes you think what you want more. So they did this design that they kind of hit all the black areas of the house, like storage, toilet in the middle of the house. And we realized that we didn't want that. And we, the original layout, what we did is we moved the toilet at the end of the house on the left side. And on the other side, we put a picture window. We didn't want to have a little storage area. We just wanted to have big windows at the back and have you to the garden. So it kind of went from there. So they did your concepts and did they do detailed design for you as well? Not really. This was, we just did a consultancy with them, actually. It, it wasn't a huge cost and it, it, it was used in that sense as I said to sort of us to work through the layout options and things like that. We knew we had we wanted to put a water softener under the stairs, the manifold for the heating as well. So it was useful for that because we could sort of work those things through, I guess, all the different scenarios because we weren't changing the footprint. But we just need, we wanted to make sure what we ended up with was the best way we could possibly live within that space, I guess. So, so it's all those things. I think that's, that, that's why it was useful, I think, really. And also we did a course with you as well. It's not a paid plug, by the way, to anyone who's listening. <laughs> it was really useful because, you know, we've never done a project like this before. It helped with our understanding of what the process involves, how the budget worked, and the importance of having a contingency fund as well, controlling the budget and also, yeah, getting the right team together as well. We also work with Mark Barnard Architects. He just lives around the corner, corner from us in Forest Hill. He helps us with some designs for the back garden as well, making sure we had the steps tamed down at the right angle and at the right height and things like that. He provides some drafts, draft sketches and measurements and things for our builders to work off. These, uh, these are some people we work with temporarily. We did work with Bo, as you said, so Bo Fenton. Do you want to talk a bit about that? We just wanted it look like a mid-century house, but not like a museum. So she was great finding the right color combinations and sourcing. In Nina's bedroom, we have the loveliest wallpaper and giving us ideas about the layout in the bedrooms. She, she has been absolutely great. And also Michael, her husband, helped us. He is a sound engineer and friend of Steve's. That's how we know them. And he kind of helped because they have renovated several houses. And I was against this initially, but Steve was very much in favor. And Michael persuaded us to do this, zone the heating in the house. Because when you have different levels, you can't have the same temperature everywhere. And of course, when you hear that, okay, this will cost this much, you're a bit, oh, shall we do it? Or maybe just leave it. But at the end, you realize that it was totally worth it. Yeah, so it was great. And I remember you saying that you employed a garden designer. That was the best decision ever. Yeah. So I, th I don't think the house would be the same if we hadn't done the gardens, the front and the back one, because it's such an integral part of the house. And we were very lucky. We were introduced to Mark O'Neill. He is the loveliest uh, garden designer, and we told him our experience um, in the past. We fell in love when we were still just us as a couple with the Derek Jarman garden, 
at the Prosper Cottage. So we tried to recreate this in our old property, of course, unsuccessfully because the soil was completely wrong. And when we told him this story, he was like, you can have that in the front. And he did it for us and it looks absolutely brilliant. No, nobody believes that this was a parking space at the front. And we have privacy now and it, it's just, it just makes us so happy looking outside. You realize that when you work with people that have this expertise, it's totally worth the money. Yeah, it's just, it's just when you sit there in the morning, you just have that view to front and back, you know, just, just lift the blinds slightly. It really does set you up for the day and I'm glad we didn't delay it. And can I ask, did you ever consider having a project manager or an architect to run things on site? Did you go into the process, like with your eyes open, thinking we're taking on this big amount of work? I'm not sure we quite realised how big it was, but I think we did think about getting an architect in, because we weren't changing the footprint. I think that's that's kind of what swung it for us in a way. I think, you know, if we'd been changing the footprint and changing it out, it would have been different. Yeah. Looking back, would I think we maybe got a little bit fortunate with our builder, to be honest, because it was always sensible decisions being made. And if he needed to ask us, you know, he always ran things past us that he thought might be might become an issue or might be irreversible. The way we saw it is we wanted to put everything into the finishes on the home. We had not a limited budget, but we knew that this is the money that we have. And we got some quotes from architects and I was a bit scared and I was like, I'm not sure we're going to be able to pull this through working with someone. And I mean, from all the shows that you watch on the telly, it goes over the budget when you work with architects and they do the most amazing work, but it kind of scared us. So we decided not to go down that route. I think also that we did make some changes and we felt confident we could manage ourselves as well. So I think upstairs, for example, we, we, we moved them all slightly to make to make the landing more generous because the landing was quite tight. And also moved the wall between the bedrooms to make them more uh, a more equal size. So they were quite minor things, but there are things we ha wish we had used an architect. That we There's a couple of tiny things that we think we didn't get right that we probably would have got right. For example, Windows Company were pretty dreadful. The surveyor was only confident working with existing openings. And also they sent us the wrong threshold measurements and things like that. So it was a bit, ended up being a bit of a down to our builder to kind of make everything fit when it came. What we really wanted was to have that one level between the, um, the bifold doors and the sliding doors, which we don't, we don't really have. That would have required a lot more concrete, but, and we might well fix that by by putting some decking there but there was just things like that and also if you open our top kitchen cupboard it infringes on the uh, on the storage space a little bit which is which is fine you know we've still got plenty of storage space but it's just i think there's tiny little details things that a good architect would have picked up i guess <laughs> but they're quite minor i think overall i think what seems really successful about what you've done is that you've managed to piece together the team individually and connected with all these separate people. And the way that you've done that has been really successful. And I w that was one of my questions. Are there moments where the parts of the different people's jobs, where they meet, was it all through you? Perhaps where those kind of different teams met, that would have been where the architect would have smoothed those joints, if you see what I mean. I think so, yeah. I think also when builders come into 
contact with tradespeople that they don't work with regularly as well. That's quite an interesting experience. Uh, the guy who fitted our floor was, was very skilled, but was a bit of a, of a prima donna, you know what I mean? It's just like, you know, hey, I, I expected this to be clear, guys, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, um, you know, how can I do my craft? And it's, and he was very good, but, but honestly, there was quite, a, there was quite a lot of antagonism between obviously Rafale was running the site and this guy coming on site, you know, so. There are those elements, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Yeah, that's really, really common. Um, do you think that you would work in that way again? Um, I think we were quite naive because we did work in a previous property, but not to that extent. But on the other hand, I would do it again. It was such a lovely experience. And I think for me and Steve, what worked great is that we can work as a team. I'm quite good at visualizing things and imagine how how we would look and steve is great with all the details all the technical stuff measuring measuring that's one thing <laughs> i do a lot of the measuring and all the technical details and all the reviews and everything that we bought he goes into a um, great deal of research and yeah we didn't skimp on things but then again when you do something and when you go into all this, not trouble, but this is going to be a, the house that we're going to spend a few good years here, maybe forever. I don't know. We don't know. But you you don't want to rush it. You don't want to make decisions that, decisions that you will regret. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you manage that time when you were making all those decisions? Did you make a lot of them before you started work on site or was it all whilst you were on site? And how did you make time for that? It is a proper job, I have to say. And I also think it's not for everyone because I was pregnant. It was lockdown. We had a three and a half year old and we were both working from home in conditions humanity has never lived before, like the lockdown and the pandemic. It wasn't great. That focus there, you know, made us helped us to make through the day because and we we were unlucky but on the other hand it was blessing in disguise because our purchase took absolutely forever and we were literally we literally didn't know whether we're going to end up buying the house or not but while we were waiting we were doing all this research we were getting samples we were contacting all these companies and we had Rafael on hold we never told him, oh, it's never going, it's not going to happen. Or we don't know whether it's going to happen. We were like, as soon as we complete, we'll let you know. We're very lucky as well. I mean, it took so long that the day that we completed the stamp duty holiday kicked in. So we got all our stamp duty back that we'd sent to the lawyers. So, so that was quite jammy. So suddenly we got an extra, you know, 15,000 yeah. to put in, which was, which was quite, Amazing. which was quite handy. So, you know, and we, and we, and we needed it in the end because we stuck to budget as best we could, but it was quite, quite quite difficult to stick to budget yeah but it it depends on what you want to spend it on so we were quite careful but then on the other hand on things that we want them to last and what areas would you say you did kind of prioritize your budget on the on the ensuite you know because that's the adult space we, we keep the kids out of it as much as possible so you know we spend the money on it and everything up there is fixtures and fittings are really really top quality up there and the kids aren't allowed in the the family bathroom is for them so yeah the kitchen i think it was a great they did the most amazing work because the carcasses are from ikea they cost nothing 
but the frogs are really lovely and they do make a difference. And we, we bought not the most expensive, you know, fridge or oven, but we bought things that we know that they will last because at the end of the day, you don't want to be changing these every few years. Absolutely. For, for the slider and the bifold, we went with Shuko, which is a bulletproof German brand because we realized that, you know, it's all very well getting very slim kind of technical window, you know, sliders and bifolds, but ultimately we want something that's going to be really robust and it's going to take family life as well. Lots of pieces that we bought over the years that we, we also designed around as well, I'd say. So, you know, we had, we have a beautiful dining table and chairs that we never really had a proper home for, you know, and we knew that was going to be the centerpiece for us yeah. to eat and drink. We never wanted a kitchen island or anything. We just wanted our family to sit around this table and uh, we had the space to put that in, you know. And I know it sounds boring, but it really helped us having a spreadsheet because when you see how much you spend and how much you have left, it just completely, your mind works completely, you know, how much things will cost. Steve is amazing like that. Yeah, we do. We do have a spreadsheet. Every, every single thing is, is accounted for. Yeah. Yeah. What, what we paid out. So, um, yeah, everything down to even doorstops and everything. So I'd advise. I know it's really boring if you're not that that way disposed, but I think that it's worth doing um, and toughing it out if you're not that type of person because it's just um, just that knowing how much you've got left, yeah, um, and just keeping on track. So yeah, but having said that, yeah, we went we did go a bit over budget. So, but did you do that knowingly? So you knew where you were at and you made the decision to go over budget rather than not knowing where your costs are and and ending in a pickle. Yeah, it was a decision. We kind of knew where we are. We knew we had enough to do, you know, the essentials, of core stuff. But there's extra things we wanted to do, like the garden and things that didn't factor in originally. So um, that took us over. But I think what you've done is, is so key because I think a lot of people kind of set their budgets at the beginning and then they get on with the renovation. But I think having a budget that you're keeping track of the changing costs and the extras as you go is just what makes the difference between staying on track and, and not. How long was the build from start to finish? Because we've spoken a little bit about spending the time to get the right finish. I think, I think it was a year, but towards the end, they were not here every day, like working eight hours a day. And also it was quite, we were quite relaxed at the end because we moved in and there was there was only one room that it was ready but then at the end we were like okay whenever they want to come they, they can come it's fine we're not going to push them we were very happy with what was going on so which is a very long time but then the last two months were the garden so it was outside the house I think it's more that you were um, living on site with a newborn I mean that's that sounds difficult but then the cost of renting and paying mortgage was so much, we just couldn't afford it. And I was literally locked inside a bedroom for two and a half months. But yeah, I don't even think about that anymore. I mean, look what we have now. We're so happy and we couldn't be happier. So yeah. it just, it was totally worth it. That's all I have to say, that it was totally worth it. And the kids don't remember it. We forget as well. You just enter the house every day and you're like, oh my God, this is so nice. And you just go, it's great. So what would you say, looking back, what, what do you think you learned from the process? Oh my God. So um, 
renovating, if you survive a renovation, it means that you have a very good marriage. I think it's, it's a huge task, isn't it? And, you know, it just, it, it can be very enjoyable because you work on a budget and it's not that we had money to spend without thinking. So yeah, it, it can be very stressful, but we loved it. We absolutely loved it. We would definitely do it again. I don't know if we'll get the chance. It's also full-time work. You realize that when you have, when you're working and you have kids, it can be very, very difficult to manage all this. So we we're very lucky that we had Rafael, who was always a step ahead of us. And without him, it wouldn't be possible to have the, the, the finishing that we have right now. And I will always be grateful because he gave us this home that we have now. If it was someone else, I'm, I'm not sure it would be as successful as this renovation has been, but not just him. I mean, we, we have been very, very lucky to work with people that wanted the job and were very happy to work with us and they just delivered, which is not always the case. I hear people renovating and having huge delays, having problems. I don't know if it was us or if, if, if it was just pure luck. You can't just rush into things. I mean, you're, you're making something that it will last for so many years ahead that you need to be patient and not just, you know, stress everyone and create this tension. Our next door neighbors, I mean, they put up with all this noise and disruption. They were absolutely amazing. That played a huge role as well. Amazing. What I learned is having having kids is far harder than doing a house renovation, to be honest. I mean, that was everything. That was the easiest thing we did during that time. You know, I think lockdown, it was so tough. I had a completely full-on situation at work. And obviously we had Frankie being brought home from the hospital to two rooms in a, in a building site. But yeah, I'd say that I think we really enjoyed it, to be honest. We liked the challenge. And also because we got ourselves in a position where we felt we could spend to get the best quality we possibly could could afford i think doing that was really enjoyable yeah. you know who doesn't like just picking beautiful floors out and watching that go down and you know it depends it's where you live it's where your family is and what you're trying to do is provide the best possible place for your family to grow up so who doesn't enjoy to create that space for them you know and i think we have a house which we love living in now and you know and i'm sure the kids will appreciate it one day i'm not sure they really get it now but yeah on the same theme what would you say was your high and low moment through the, the process? Low moments. We had our gas meter um, stolen day after they installed it. Oh my goodness, that's unexpected. I, I didn't know there was a market in, in new gas meters, but we found out there was, apparently, because it, it, it was there less than 24 hours. Wow. Oh my gosh. But it was, it was stressful, the waiting. You realise all this, the, the logistics, like ordering things, the delays that we had. I don't know whether it was the pandemic or Brexit or whatever the reason. I mean, we had to be on top of things. We had to have everything here delivered for the builders to work with. I think the lows was probably the windows thing. I think just waiting, constant delays, and then it reaches the point where you just feel everything going off track a bit because there's a certain jobs they can't do until the house is weatherproof, right? And they can work around it to a point. So and that that's yeah. quite stressful. Um, I think that would probably be a low, just the, just the window situation. I'd probably do that differently. And any highs? 
the highs, I don't know. I think when we, when we had everything done and we started unpacking, oh, I forgot about that. All our stuff was in storage. And you realize that you don't really need many things. But when we had all our stuff delivered, that was a big high for me because that it was, it finally brought it home that, oh my God, this is it. We're in now. We're nearly there. It took a few months after that, but yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, it's just, it's just seeing it done and actually enjoying it, I think, really. It's a team effort, really. I don't really sit back and think, oh my God, we did this. You know, I think our team, our contractors did it, but you know, it's still, it's still lovely to stand back and go, yeah, well, actually, you know, we, we went from here to here and now we've got this amazing house to live in. And we kind of ended up hitting what we wanted to achieve at the start of it, I think, and a little, probably a bit more, actually, to be honest, it's better than I think we could have hoped for, which I think is a good outcome. I just feel you both have got such positive outlook on all of what you've been through. We are, but I think we just, well, we didn't fall in love with the house um, at the beginning, but we saw the potential and we were also pragmatic about it. And I, I always felt that we could do this and it will, it will be totally worth it at the end. And it did. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It sounds slightly like you've got the renovating bug though. Would you, would you do it again? Yes. Yeah, we don't have any money though. So that's the thing. I'd, I'd love to do it again. I think we really enjoyed it. And um, I think we had the right division of labour between us. I think it kind of worked quite well. Massive congratulations to you both for doing such an amazing job. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. And if you want to see pictures of Elisa and Steve's renovation, including photos of their beautiful Dungeness inspired garden, head to our website at homenotes.co forward slash stories from sites where you'll find more information about the project and the people that made it happen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. Renovating can be a roller coaster, and if you're at the beginning of your renovation journey, come and find out about our Getting Started course at homenotes.co to make sure you get the best value from your project. Finally, if you've enjoyed this episode, then please do follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as it will help us reach as many people as possible and all learn from these amazing experiences. 